The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. And keep on keeping on getting in touch with your senators so we can see the UN Convention on Rights of Persons with Disabilities ratified and go through. Don't stop. Don't stop. We have many leaders out there working for us. And as a matter of fact, I'm very excited to introduce you, if you don't know her, but you probably do, to someone that I believe is a new leader in the community of civil rights for people with disabilities making a difference. And that would be the president of Respectability USA, Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi. Welcome to the show. Joyce, it's just a delight to be on Disabilities Matters. It's just a terrific show, and you're an outstanding leader, so it's a real honor to be with you and with your listeners today. Well, the feeling is certainly mutual. Now, for those of you who do not know Jennifer, I'm going to have her take a couple minutes and introduce herself to you and how she first became involved in the disability community. Well, I guess I was born into the disability community and that I do have a disability. I am incredibly dyslexic, and I could not uh, read or really write until I was 12. And radio listeners can't see me, but I'm actually five foot ten and a half, and I actually stopped growing at age 12. So I was one of the larger, taller 12-year-olds out there, and I could not read or write. So I remember as a child being called an idiot and being bullied and really having a hard time. So I was really born into the community, but I also have a number of family members, be them biological or non-biological. I'm one of those people who has people we've sort of adopted, so I have an adopted adopted brother who has fragile X. I have an adopted great uncle who recently passed, but he was blind. Um, And I've always seen that people with disabilities still have abilities, and all of us are equal um, in the eyes of God and in the eyes of, uh, of the law we should be, but we still have a long way to go in terms of issues like employment, as you know, Joyce, better than anyone else. Yes, we do, and that's why we need people like you helping us move forward. I must say, your background, when I read your bio, is truly inspirational, because when I read about your family and how your father's family was lost in the Holocaust, which I've read so many books about the Holocaust, I'm a member of the Holocaust Museum, but I want to tell you the reason I've read so many books is I keep trying to understand why would anyone do this. But you know what? No matter how many times you read anything, you never can understand. But, of course, my perspective is also that people understand that people with disabilities were the first group that were a part of genocide uh, by the Nazis. But I just think that that had to have an impact on shaping your life um, and your thinking. Could you talk about that for a minute? In, indeed, Joyce. I mean, a lot of people, when they think of the Holocaust, they think of the profound, horrific Jewish experience where six million Jews were slaughtered. But the reason that six million Jews were slaughtered was that Hitler had a philosophy, and his philosophy was that the Aryan race, the German race, um, needed to be perfect. So it needed to be uh, they needed to take out all imperfect people, and they saw Jews as imperfect people, but equally they saw people with different abilities mm-hmm. as people not uh, not to exist on earth, and they mm-hmm. went out and actively killed people 
with disabilities because of their differences. And this profoundly is a deeply disturbing uh, worldview and obviously, uh, you know, very homicidal w- worldview. But the way that it shaped me was that I learned at a very, very early age from my great aunt. I learned, I lived with her when I was a child um, and I was trying to learn how to overcome my own disability. And I went and lived with her in Europe and she told me what it was like to live in Europe during the Holocaust and what it was like because Hitler used strategic communications to convince millions of Germans and millions of Austrians and others that it was morally and socially acceptable and, in fact, laudable to want to destroy other human beings because they were, quote-unquote, less than perfect. And so when I learned of the power of strategic communications to really be life or death, I learned that was something that I wanted to go into so that I could counter any potential future risk because of that. I mean, Hitler had a PR machine. It was led by Joseph Goebbels. Um, Goebbels was probably one of the most brilliant um, communication strategists ever to have lived. Uh, People don't realize that the Nazis were way more than an army. They were a PR machine. They had uniforms. They had radio shows. They had newspapers. They had these massive events that they would do. It was all about changing hearts and minds to enable human beings to believe that some people deserve to live and other people who were different deserve to die. And that caused millions of people to die. And so because of my experience in learning about that, I decided to go into strategic communications. And that's what I'm now doing in the disability world is to try and use the skills I have, whatever uh, skills I might have, to try and change perceptions around people with disabilities so that people will finally come to terms with the real fact that every person on this planet is equal and deserves to have an equal opportunity to achieve. Wow. Isn't that something, that you use something evil and turned it into something good and even is more amazing that it's someone Jewish. I mean, that is just an amazing story. It really is. That's an amazing story. And again, everyone, as you know, I advertised this ahead of time. I did already receive some emails. So here's Linda from Jackson, Mississippi. And the question is, uh, Jennifer, thank you for everything you're doing. What do you see as the biggest barrier for young children to achieve quality of life? Well, that's a big question uh, that's being added. What's the biggest barrier for people to, to achieve equality? I think perception really is the biggest barrier because when people have the bigotry of low expectations, when they think that you're not of value, that takes away your ability to achieve your own independence, your own dignity, your own freedom. So I do think that winning hearts and minds is, is absolutely vital. But the work that I'm doing on perception Perception builds on the work of so many people like Madeline Will and others um, who have come before me who've changed policy so that kids can go to public school and be included in public school so they can have an IEP so that families have a right to say whether they like and, 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 and want to go along with what the school district is uh, proposing. Those people are giants. Uh, because public school and the inclusive nature of it today is really transformative for the post-ADA, the post-IDEA generation. Of course, as you know better than anyone else, Joyce, we still don't have equal outcomes still uh, close to 25 years after ADA. We see that we have the same percentage of Americans with disabilities who are outside the workforce today as there were pre-ADA, that being, of course, as you know as well, 70% of working-age Americans with disabilities are outside the workforce compared to only 28% of those without disabilities. Yes, and I have to agree with you. I really do think it starts with stigma, the way someone is viewed as a child, because if the expectations are lower, okay, that impacts education. Uh, 
And if that continues on, that impacts isolation and, you know, socialization. And ultimately, it's going to end up impacting employment, which can lead to poverty. So I agree with you. Although there are many striations, I'm sure that we could debate. Um, bottom line, I believe that's how it starts. I really do. And hey, if you just joined us, we are talking to Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi, who is the president of Respectability USA, and for all of our members of the deaf community, this is captioned live, open captioned. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Jennifer. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. From the vehicles we drive to life-saving medical devices, high-performance materials from Bayer Material Science contribute to the creation of products that positively affect our lives every day. Bayer has long believed in the competitive talent that people with disabilities contribute to the workplace, to our workplace. Such a diverse workforce is essential to helping us fulfill our mission. Bayer, science for a better life. For more information, please visit materialscience.bayer.com. At Highmark, we believe in the power of difference, of making a difference, of embracing difference, of bringing differences together to create a stronger, more vibrant workforce. It's at the heart of who we are, and it earned us recognition as one of the top 50 employers by Careers and the Disabled magazine. We promise to continue celebrating diverse individuals because inclusion benefits all of us and makes our company and our communities a better place. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. We've got an exciting show today with an exciting guest, Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi, the president of Respectability USA and a national leader in many areas and now in the area of disability. I wanted to jump ahead, uh, have a little interruption here, because you have an event tomorrow in D.C. with T.J. Lavin and my friend that I love, Governor Jack Markell, and a Paralympian. And I wondered if you could just take a few minutes and talk about that event. 
Well, Joyce, as you know, uh, it's just terrific the work that Governor Jack Markell is doing. Um, he's doing it as governor of Delaware, but more importantly, really for America, is that he's the immediate past president of the National Governors Association, and he took an entire year with the governors from around the country to explore this issue of employment for people with disabilities because it's been so very stagnant for so many years with no positive change, and they really did a great job of coming up with concrete ideas on how to make things better. He's implementing them in his state, and we're seeing other states do great things as well. Governor Scott Walker in Wisconsin did a huge thing in his state of the state uh, when he just announced his dramatic changes in employment for people with disabilities policies. You see great things coming forward from Chris Christie from Cuomo that are in the works. You see Governor Branstad in Iowa starting to make big changes. Now, it's not going to happen overnight, but it's starting to happen. Big changes are happening so that people with disabilities who leave this better education that they're getting because of IDEA and because of ADA, and they're going to be able to transition into work. It's the kind of work that you've been doing at Bender Consulting. It's the kind of work that we've seen from Project Search and other where there's better transition services that enable people to have the independence. So the event tomorrow is going to talk about it on Capitol Hill, which is important because Congress hasn't been even thinking about these issues. We have a Hollywood celeb, uh, TJ Lavin, who is uh, a champion athlete, who is the MTV host of The Challenge, who's going to be speaking. We've been working with Congressman Pete Sessions, who's a Republican leader. So everything's bipartisan that we're doing. But it's been a really interesting thing. I mean, you as an AAPD past leader know that Congress hasn't been very focused on this issue yet. And because with Senator Harkin retiring, we need to find new leaders. Uh, we're reaching out to find who are the new leaders, the congressmen, the Senate offices that are going to say, you know what, I'm ready to make a difference on this issue. I'm going to learn about it. I'm going to do something. Boy, you got that right. And I just want to say something. I love Governor Jack Markell and Rita Landgraf, and I want his the Secretary of Health and Human Services. I just want to say about him, he really lived it. I mean, when he as the chair of NGA, he really lived that platform. That's all he talked about, and so focused on it to show you the type of person he is, though. Uh, last year, almost a year ago, my mother passed away. And while I was at my family's home, I saw I had a message on my cell phone. And when I listened to it, it was him saying, I wish you my uh, condolences. And I thought, this man's unbelievable. You know, that he would take time like that. And that's, that's really just what he's like. He's just a great person. Um, and I think this event you're having is absolutely fantastic. Tell me, what is T.J. Lavin like? Well, T.J. Lavin is a, a BMX writer. So he is a guy who literally for a living has been doing uh, somersaults and flips in the air on a, a, on a bicycle. Uh, you know, these extreme sports are incredibly popular with young people, particularly young men. And so I was thrilled to get him as a spokesperson because when you want to change uh, public opinion, the best way to do it is with young people. It's to make sure that young people see all people as equals from the get-go so that you don't have to wait till somebody has a fixed negative impression when they're an adult, but you really become a part of the inclusive nature from their childhood. And this is interesting. You know, I'm in Washington, D.C., Joyce, and here in Washington, we have more than 80 private schools that are sort of the elite private schools, including the one that the President of the United States sent his children to, and you have just dozens and dozens of these private schools. We also have more than 30 private schools that are exclusively for people with disabilities. Wait a minute. 
isn't there a problem? Yes, there is. Because the elite private schools are not integrated. The kids that go to them, the kids that are going to go on to be senators, to be congressmen, to be ambassadors, to be captains of industry, to be employers, they're going to school without kids with disabilities in their classes. I've been on the phone with admissions directors from some of these schools, and they tell me we have 900 kids or 1,000 kids and not a single child with a disability. So it's very important that you have a spokesperson like T.J. Lavin because T.J. Lavin, as a host of an MTV show, and he's about to do his 10th season on MTV, people like TJ, they have an audience with the next generation, and if you can't really impact the kids, it becomes way more difficult in the future. Oh, yeah, there isn't anything like reaching out, and you know, I know how right you are, uh, because I started 12 years ago doing volunteer work at different high schools, four of them now, where I would take young people with disabilities from the different school districts. They would, they would uh, choose the students with disabilities. And I created this Bender Leadership Academy, and I would hold it at one of the customer sites, like CSC. Actually, Governor Markell came last year to the graduation. But when you are with these young people from public schools, where uh, it's not the elite, it's a lot of the kids with disabilities. Wow, what a difference. I mean, what a difference. And until integration occurs, you don't get equal education. If you don't get equal education, you're not going to make it. So I, I totally agree with you, um, and I, too, think that is so important. So, you know, we do. We all need to work on that. That is so very important. And when you were talking about education, Jennifer, you mentioned earlier uh, that you're a person with dyslexia. When you were a child and you could not write or read, did you know this is what it was? What did you think? I didn't know I had dyslexia until the eighth grade. I grew up in rural North Carolina. We did not have uh, early intervention services back then. So, no, I did not know. Um, but what I did learn was that you can adapt, that uh, you can learn in other ways. So my skills tend to be much more in listening and remembering what I hear because I couldn't read and write notes, but if I heard a presentation, I could certainly remember the information and I could organize it in new and different ways. So there's a wonderful book by Malcolm Gladwell, which I'm sure you have read or many of your listeners have read, called um, David and Goliath, and it mm-hmm. really talks about the power and the strength that you can get from disability, that by having what on one hand could be perceived as a negative, that you wind up instead with a way big positive because you're able to adapt. You're able to adjust to new and challenging uh, situations. And I must say, in today's economy where, you know, the evolution of the workplace is changing so quickly that I do feel a very distinct advantage by being disadvantaged with a disability throughout my life because it does make me more open to finding the workaround. And when you're open to finding the workaround, you can achieve success. Yeah, well, you've got to be really smart to have done that because that's not an easy thing that you just described that you did. I mean, that's hard to just hear something and memorize that and put it into different categories. That is unbelievable. But for those of you listening, I know a lot of young people also listen to this show, and if you are listening and you are a person living with dyslexia, look at Jennifer. And she has, by the way, accomplished so much in her life, uh, representing President Clinton, getting an award I'll talk about later from uh, President Bush. I mean, I could go on forever. She has just done so much that that tells you dyslexia does not stop you. Remember, it's not being stupid. It's learning differently. That's the big difference with dyslexia and other learning disabilities. It's learning differently. So with that, we're going to go to break, 
And if you just joined us, we've been talking to Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi. She is the president of Respectability USA with an incredible background. And we'll talk about that more when we come back. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice on VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back to talk more to Jennifer. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. From the vehicles we drive to life-saving medical devices, high-performance materials from Bayer Material Science contribute to the creation of products that positively affect our lives every day. Bayer has long believed in the competitive talent that people with disabilities contribute to the workplace, to our workplace. Such a diverse workforce is essential to helping us fulfill our mission. Bayer, science for a better life. For more information, please visit materialscience.bayer.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. At Highmark, we believe in the power of difference, of making a difference, of embracing difference, of bringing differences together to create a stronger, more vibrant workforce. It's at the heart of who we are, and it earned us recognition as one of the top 50 employers by Careers and the Disabled magazine. We promise to continue celebrating diverse individuals because inclusion benefits all of us and makes our company and our communities a better place. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back. A special shout-out to Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, you know I'm always appreciating everything you do. And we are talking today to Jennifer Laszlo Mizrahi, the president of Respectability USA. We have a question from Tina in New York, and the question is, uh, Jennifer, if I may ask you, I've been to many events, many conferences where they talk about networking. Now, I realize you have to have the skills, the talent to be successful as an entrepreneur. My question is, how much of your success would you attribute to your network? That's a great question. Networking is so very important, but it's not a natural-born thing for me. It's something that I've sort of worked on and developed over years. It's something I think is really important for the disability community, and therefore we're doing training on it. So if you go to our website, if it's okay to mention it, respectabilityusa.org, respectabilityusa.org has tools 
for how you can network. The most important networking that you can do as someone who cares about disability issues, frankly, is to write a letter to your governor asking them to get on board the Markel National Governors Association plan, a better bottom line, to try and get more people with disabilities into the workforce, and to reach out to the editorial boards of your newspapers. And don't think, hey, I'm just some guy in the street or some woman on the street. I can't do that. No, yes, you can. You can absolutely reach out to your newspaper editorial board, reach out to your governor, and ask them to do more. So what we've done at respectabilityusa.org is we have a toolkit, which is free. So there's a PowerPoint presentation. There's a narrative um, there's a webinar that has captions on it, uh, if you're deaf, that you can use. So we even have the addresses, the email addresses for your governor's offices. We have sample letters that you can send. It doesn't have to be a hard thing to do. You know, we want to help you. That's a very big, important thing about our work at Respectability USA. It's really just to provide tools to people like you across the country so you can do what is your right. That is to tell our leaders that every American from every ability is equal and deserves to have access to achieving the American dream. The website again, Jennifer? www.respectabilityusa.org and go to the Take Action session. Look at our toolkits and resources. We are here for you, and you can always email me at jenniferm at respectabilityusa.org. If you need anything else, we are here to serve the disability community. And that is awesome. And if you're listening to the show, I always say it really does take a big big village to accomplish the goal of quality of life. Doesn't help doesn't help to be territorial. We all have to work together, so I hope you will take advantage of what Jennifer just offered to you. And Jennifer, I know, which I thought was so awesome, that you were recognized by President George H.W. Bush as a point of life and that you rescued so many homeless people, um, approximately 15,000, which is, by the way, awesome since I know many people who are homeless like me live with epilepsy and many are people with psychiatric and many are veterans with disabilities Um, and in Allegheny County in Pittsburgh it's amazing how many children are homeless so this is a big thing to me and I just you know I just think that's awesome that you did that but what made that an issue for you what what caused you to get interested in that well, I think rescued is, is overstating it, but thank you for raising the issue because what we were doing is trying to help people. So there were, it was really programs like feeding the homeless, for example. Sometimes when you have a big societal problem, people sort of get stuck with analysis paralysis. How am I going to solve this? And they think that if they can't solve everything, that they shouldn't even start trying to do something. And what I found was that in Washington, D.C., there were a lot of young people who, frankly, just wanted to meet somebody nice to date or maybe to marry. And so the idea was to turn into basically a dating service where if you were young and you were single and you were a go-getter, instead of going to some pickup bar or some sports bar, every single Sunday we recruited people, and if you showed up at a certain hour, you'd be put on a team with a trained volunteer leader who would bring you over to a shelter or to a work site where you could help people who were homeless. It might be painting shelters. It might be... Um, making sandwiches. It might be sorting clothes. Um, there were so many different things that if you took this enormous problem of thousands of homeless people and broke it down into what can somebody who's single do on a Sunday afternoon in two hours of time, then we could really make a big difference. So we had a 1,000 volunteers 
on a regular basis that would come together. And a lot of them were doing it for selfish reasons. They wanted to meet somebody cute. They wanted to have a fun date, but they didn't want to meet somebody at some sort of singles event, some sort of bar. But by making a difference, that meant that, frankly, they were going to meet somebody who also wanted to make a positive difference. So we were able to help 15,000 homeless people and create 16 marriages in the time that I was organizing it. It was win-win. And I think that when you do civil service work or, or you do public service work, you have to look for how you can create the advantage for the, vo- for the volunteer. That's important, too. You have to make every opportunity win-win. Wow, that was a great idea. And, you know, this would be what sometimes I'll speak to a group and I'll say, even if I don't know you, I know I like you just because you're helping in this area. So there you go, like-minded people. Well, yesterday, our group um, here at Respectability, we just sat and stuffed envelopes. You know, we're trying to get out a message, and we sat as a group. Um, we're talking a group of self-advocates, people with disabilities and with family members with disabilities, and we sat and we had pizza, and we stuffed envelopes, and we shared stories, and we heard from Madeline Will, who's a wonderful disability mm, yes. expert, um, and, you know, so we were able to learn We were able to get a little something to eat. We were able to socialize, and yet we were able to accomplish something positive in terms of getting out a message to 900 people who got the mailings. Every time that we have an opportunity to make a difference, we need to also empower the people who are willing to step up and make that difference. Right. That is so true. You know, we've talked about all these things. I did want to ask you one thing. What was that like for you being recognized as a point of life? Um, look, I think that the most important recognition that you have isn't something that you get from, from, from a president. I know that, Joyce, you've been honored by two presidents um, for the extraordinary work that you're doing um, through Bender Consulting and through your other volunteer activities. I think that, the, uh, that the, the, the glory that you get in doing uh, volunteer work is really just seeing that you're making a difference one person at a time. I know that when I was young um, that I had some obstacles I needed to overcome, and there were people who gave me a chance. And I'm always going to be grateful to the people who gave me a chance, and I think it's important to pay forward also. I agree with you. I so agree with you. And that just shows how wonderful you are because, to me, the greatest skill, the greatest trait is gratitude because that just somehow sums it all up. And you know what? I want to take time. I want to give you time to talk about respectability and why you founded the organization. But for our listeners, I want to make sure they understand what you do. So why don't you talk about that? So Respectability is a brand-new nonprofit organization. Our chairman is Don Weinberg from the Weinberg Foundation. He's an extraordinary um, leader in philanthropy. Um, we're based on the idea that all people should have the opportunity to achieve the American dream. Our focus is really to pull together the community, the disability community, from all the different disabilities, whether they have dyslexia like myself or epilepsy like yourself or a thousand other things that are differences. We all share some things in common, and the prejudice against us the bias, the bigotry that is against us needs to be changed. So we're doing a lot of polling and focus groups to figure out what are the existing attitudes and then what do people need to know to change their attitudes. To an extent, we're really in the transportation business. We're in the business of transforming the attitudes, the hearts and the minds of transporting them from a negative, bigoted, uh, you know, set of perceptions to hopefully a positive set of perceptions. Tomorrow, we're going to be releasing a public service ad uh, with T.J. Lavin 
on these issues, really to change the paradigm of how people see the talents of, uh, of different people. But our goal is to work with people of all different abilities, all of their family members and their loved ones. Um, we recognize that 18.6% of Americans have a disability. That's roughly one in every five American has a disability. We recognize that the majority of Americans do have a loved one with a disability, and we want to be sure that those people's voices are heard, that their um, rights are respected, you mentioned the name DART, and when I think of the name DART, I think lead on. These are mm-hmm. our rights. These are our opportunities. We need to claim them, and we need to all make a difference together. Yes. Uh, oh, I so agree with you. Um, and if someone is interested in your organization, would they just go to the website? How would they get in touch with you? Absolutely. They go to www.respectabilityusa.org. And I must say that we have a very active Twitter effort. So if they want to be informed on disability issues, um, we are tweeting from respectability um, all day, every day, seven days a week. We are out there, you know, five or more tweets a day, trying to keep the community engaged and informed. We're a brand-new organization. I'm sure that there are always going to be ways that we can do things better. People should not hesitate to contact me and give us ideas um, at Jennifer M., at respectabilityusa.org. But listen, we're here to be a resource. Come to our website, use our tools, take our training. It's all free. We're all in this together. We're only going to succeed if we use the power of positive cooperation, collaboration, and vision to enable this country to be the great country that is inclusive and has the dignity and the decency that America was really born to stand for. Amen. I agree with that. So I much agree with that. Well, Jennifer, you have a lot on your plate, but over the next five years, what what do you hope to accomplish? What do you hope people say about you and about respectability? Our, our goals are to really transform the thinking of Americans so that they will see the talents that people with different abilities have. We want them to see Derek Coleman, who happens to be deaf, who's a Super Bowl champion. We want them to see Stephen Hawking, who happens to use a wheelchair but also is unlocking the secrets of the universe. We want to see that somebody who happens to have Down syndrome is contributing to society at a supermarket or as a gardener or as a baker or as a business owner. We want people to see people with Asperger's who are succeeding at Google and at Microsoft and at all these other high-tech places around America and to see that it's value-added to include people with disabilities. Let me also say that I am an active member of my faith community and that um, people often don't realize that the Americans with Disabilities Act did not include the faith communities. So faith communities are exempt from basic civil rights laws. We do want to see equal access to prayer, to religious institutions, for all Americans of all abilities as well. That is important, whether we're working with the media, the faith community, the private sector, and beyond, all of us should have the same. So we have a lot of work in front of us, a lot of work. We want to see a million more Americans with disabilities in jobs within the next five years. It needs to happen. It needs to happen now. You know, that work you were talking about, the faith community, reminds me of Jenny Thornburg and the tremendous work she's doing on interfaith at the American Association of People with Disabilities. So when you're talking about that, that would be a good person to get in touch with. Of course, it's Governor Thornburg, Attorney General Thornburg during the Bush administration, his wife, and I call them the Mr. Uh, Mr. Governor First Lady of Pennsylvania. Um, but I think that is so important. I, I really do. So just wanted to mention that to you, Jennifer, because she is strike zone in that area. We are well, absolutely okay. working with her. She's tremendous. Oh, isn't she great? 
Yes. She is. She's great. So, Jennifer, who was your role model? Who, who someone was because, wow, you've got the civil rights heart. You've got the advocacy. You're intelligent. You've got it all going on. So someone had to have an impact on you. Who was that? Well, clearly my family. Um, my parents were both civil rights activists in the South. Um, my father escaped uh, the Nazis in 1939, um, but I had an especially close relationship with my great aunt who um, lost everything, including most of her family in the Holocaust. Um, I moved in with her when I was 13 and started working at her company as a way for me to help overcome um, my differences, and she gave me many opportunities. Uh, she herself was fluent in five languages, and her company, which she reclaimed and, and expanded after the Holocaust, was in 22 countries. She started in 1929, a Jewish woman in 1929 starting a company. It's extraordinary to think about. Um, you know, the kinds of obstacles that she overcame. And I think there's so many lessons from uh, the past from people who have overcome different prejudices and struggles that can translate directly into the disability experience. I think that not only should we try and help people with disabilities get jobs, we really need to help them start their own businesses because the best job for a person with a disability, frankly, is to be a CEO. Yes, right. That is so true. That's why you're controlling it from the top. That And being an entrepreneur, not for everyone, because as you well know, it's 24 by 7, but I would encourage people, if they have that stamina, if they know marketing, if they know legal, if they know, I mean, you know, I always tell people, it is involved, but if you can do it, it is also so rewarding. It really is. It's so rewarding. I know I wouldn't trade it for anything I've done. Um, I just love it. I love being the one that I know drives the uh, ship in the right direction, and I have such a great staff that, you know, I'm just blessed with great people. I really am. Well, Jennifer, you have accomplished, wow, we've already talked about a lot of it. Uh, you also mentioned, didn't you do work with President Clinton? Yes, I worked as a Democratic National Committee spokesperson for eight years and worked on uh, a lot of campaigns, a lot of political campaigns, not just in the United States, but around the world. I was able to be the campaign manager or chief political consultant on six different winning prime minister races, and I was able to work on campaign training behind the Iron Curtain uh, 1989 and 1990, uh, when there was communism, I was able to work in what was then the Soviet Union in Moscow, in St. Petersburg, which was then Leningrad, in Kiev, and uh, Ukrainian independence. Um, a lot of campaigns in Hungary and Czechoslovakia and Poland and in Latin America and in the Caribbean. Um, the world is an amazing place, and there's amazing opportunities, even for people with disabilities who couldn't read until they were 12. Oh, wow. That is for sure. I mean, that is like probably, I don't know, maybe 100 people I know have just done a little bit of that. I mean, that is what I call phenomenal. So now, here you have done all of this. What, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment? Clearly, it's being a mom. Um, it's the greatest joy in my life um, is being a parent. Uh, I happen to be a parent um, who knows what it's like to raise a child with a disability. I know what it's like to go through the IEP process, to go through early intervention and therapies, and to look for a school that will accept your child, to look for a religious institution that will welcome and embrace your child and meet their needs and treat them as an equal human being. Um, being a parent is the best thing that has ever happened to me, and frankly, um, being a, the parent of a child with different abilities has given me a much greater understanding of the world and of human beings and of potential um, and, and, and just what it is that we're meant to do on this earth. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised that you would tell me that that is your greatest accomplishment. And you know, again... 
for parents listening that have a child with a disability, as you can see, there is always hope. I know it's hard. I know even those IEPs are so hard. But you do have to be the champion. You do have to fight for your child because if not, well, I've seen it just go the wrong way when it comes to the school system. So, um, Jennifer, before I ask you the last question, do you have a message for the young people with disabilities that listen to this show? Because there are a lot that listen to this show. Well, absolutely. The, my, my message to young people with disabilities is just absolutely don't take no for an answer. Um, no is just a warm-up to yes. Until somebody says no at least five times, it's not really no. I mean, you just got to get out there. And the only time when you're a failure, it's when you're not trying. So if you're not rejected multiple times a week, it's because you're not out there working hard enough to achieve something great. Right now we're watching the Olympics, and you don't get to be an Olympic champion going down a ski slope unless you've tried things that are harder than you could do at the time and you were willing to take the fall. So the most important thing I can say to a young person with this disability is go out there and fail because nothing will help you more in the long term than failure because when you can figure out how to work around it, when you can figure out how to overcome comment, only then can you be the success that you really envision for yourself. Right, because if you don't try, well, you'll just be home. I mean, you have to get out there and try. And as you said, I agree, you don't take no, you don't let people lower the bar, you believe in you, period. Well, Jennifer, first of all, thank you so much for being with us today. Joyce, it's been a real pleasure and an honor. You do such important work for people with disabilities. You're a real veteran, a real mentor for the community. Uh, Thank you for this opportunity. And that is my pleasure. I want to just repeat again, respectabilityusa.org. You know, I said to someone the other day, we have a new leader in the disability community She's not a new leader, just in the disability community. And you know we end every show with a quote from someone that has impacted the lives of so many of us. And today, and boy, does this not fit what we've talked about. And I know, Jennifer, I know you, but I know many people listening to the show have heard this quote. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful Concerned citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has, said Margaret Mead. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you all next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Get ahead.